Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello, welcome to what are we calling this? Summer scares. July summer scares. July summer scares. It sounds like a um, Magic Mountain. Yeah. Thing. It's a shitty new ride at yes. Magic Mountain. And that little old man comes out and dances. Mm. <laughs> Remember him? I oh oh the guy from Six Flags. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that guy. Um, okay, so we this year we're doing an all summertime horror movie month. And we're kicking things off with the cult classic from 1981, The Burning. Right, because it's basically a ripoff of Friday the 13th because it came after and it was Harvey Weinstein's attempt to it, to like monopolize on that yeah. success of that movie. This this story is unfortunately or this movie, the story was created by Harvey Weinstein. So like yeah, I want to like not to be corny, but like one of the the big jump scare in the beginning of the film is during the credit sequence. When it says story by Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, he made the treatment. Yeah. I read about it on the Wikipedia. He like created a five-page treatment because Friday the 13th was such a hit and it was such a small budget and he was like, I need to get in on that. Yeah. Which I'm sure a lot of people... And then his brother, Bob Weinstein, wrote the screenplay and it was directed by Tony Malam with a score by progressive rock superstars, Yes. Yeah. I mean, this, this. I will say, this does have a great score. No, there's some of the music, there, especially towards the end, there was one piece that was playing that's like organ-y, but yeah. synthesized. Yeah. That was really cool. I'm a big fan of the score of this film. I'm a big fan of the kills in this film. Yes, it's very unfortunate that the story was created by Harvey Weinstein, but I do think this film still remains beloved. Among well, many people. We get to see uh, debut performances from Holly Hunter, although she does not have any lines in this film. We see a debut performance of Fisher Stevens. Yes. And, as Woodstock. As Woodstock. <laughs> and also Jason Alexander. With hair. With a full head of hair and very thick muscular thighs. Did yeah. you notice his thighs? Yeah. I mean, George... Or Jason, as the character of George, people are always like, how did he land so many women on that show? It's like he had those thick thighs. He had the thick thighs. And women like those. He's juicy. And he's he's very he's very the same, right? Like it could have been George Costanza at camp. He has the exact same voice. I'm convinced Jason Alexander is one of those guys who has sounded exactly like that since he was a child. Yes. And he's also someone who's kind of like always looked 40 to 50. Yeah. And he will until he dies probably. Should we just start? Yeah, let's get into it. We open up. We are at Camp Blackfoot. And we hear a group of teenage boys plotting something. They are going to play a prank on a man named Cropsy. 
who we find out at some point is the um, caretaker, the kind of like creepy old guy who works at the camp who kind of does stuff, like no repairs and stuff. Him. No one likes him. He's a dick. Uh, and these kids are going to get, um, going to give him what he deserves, according to them, especially this kid, Jamie. He he beat up Jamie that, that morning or the other day for nothing. Crops he did. Crops he did. He's an alcoholic too, they yeah. talk about. Uh, so I'd love to know what camp this is where they're letting the caretaker beat the shit out of campers <laughs> and no one's getting in trouble for it. Yeah. But apparently it is at Camp Blackfoot. Mm. So we kind of loosely hear what their plans are. We don't really know exactly what it is yet. We know they're looking to make the motherfucker squirm. And what they're going to show him or present to him in this prank is going to be so scary it's going to give him a heart attack. We do know it involves matches and something that is in a box that says potato chips on the outside. Yeah. But we know it's not potato chips. Mm-mm. Now we see Cropsy sleeping in his little bed and his little cabin and he's snoring. So they one of the kids has to go in and set up the prank, including lighting whatever it needs to be lit with the matches. And Cropsy doesn't wake up during this. He's still snoring. The boys are outside his window and they all start tapping on the window to wake him up. He finally wakes up and we get the reveal of what was in the box. And it is a very bizarre, ornate skull that looks like it has diamonds on it and worms crawling out of it and candles. The candles are lit like in the eyes. It looks like one of those skulls from that guy, that corny artist, Damien Hurst. Do you yeah, know what I'm talking like, it's about? It's ornate or something. <laughs> like a, I was like, where did you guys get that? <laughs> it's so weird. They got this skull at Z Gallery. Totally. It looks like a decorative skull <laughs> that you would have. It's like, But it has like carving designs on it or something? Like, No, it's like very um, glam. It's like a Glamazon yeah, skull. Yeah, because there's sparkles on it, I think. But there's also worms and... Real worms. And it's like a jack-o'-lantern. There's two flames inside the eyes. I genuinely was like, why did they think this would scare the shit out of him? It really wouldn't. I would be like, whoa, startled, but I would not be having a heart attack. No, Cropsy <laughs> loses it. He wakes up. As soon as he sees this skull, he goes like, ah, and he flinches like really hard and his arm just like bashes this skull and it goes flying and then the whole room lights on fire. Well, because he does sleep with a Big can of gas right next to his bed. Yeah. That wasn't helping matters. No. Because <laughs> his bedding catches on fire, and then we see a huge can of gas <laughs> right next to his bed. Why was that in his room? Why was that there? And then it really explodes, and he's completely on fire. Yeah. Uh, he's he's lit up. Um, the boys are seeing their prank, and they're just standing and not doing anything. No, they're like, whoa. They don't even like run away in terror, right? And hide. They just stand there and watch this man on fire. Yeah. And even if you hate someone, I can't imagine it's easy to watch someone be on fire and not try to do something. Like, no, they, they just watching in awe of him burst out of the cabin door, run around screaming while he's completely engulfed in flames. And then he's like running further and we get like a sick slow motion shot of him tumbling down a hill. Yeah. And he eventually falls in the lake. So he And one off. of the boys is like, let's get out of here. I was like, that's what you had to, we had to see how it ended, I guess. <laughs> then we get a 
Chiron, one week later at St. Catherine's Hospital, we see two medical workers chit-chatting, walking down the hallway. This one orderly is out of control. He is out of control. <laughs> He's talking to a new new worker who I think is a doctor who's kind of nerdy and he's like, oh man, you gotta see this patient. You're gonna fucking lose it. He is his this guy is cooked. He's, he's a, a Big Mac. He he's called, overdone. <laughs> he, this guy calls him a Big Mac. He calls him a Big Mac and he's like, you will not believe what a freak this guy is. He is ugly. He's a monster. I would rather be dead. And he there he he keeps this monologue up into the ho- hospital room of the the burn victim. He says it to Cropsy. He's like, look how ugly this guy is. And when he walks in the room, he's like, now this is Burns. <laughs> <laughs> you think you've seen a burn victim before. This is Burns. <laughs> look at this freak. And he pulls back the fucking curtain. I mean, this was like wild. <laughs> um, so the nerd doctor is kind of back in the hallway and he's kind of like, he's trying to look. Away. We're all trying to look. Um, but all we get is at some point this arm that's covered in charcoal reaches out and grabs this orderly uh, like by the arm. arm yeah. And I don't think he dies or anything, but clearly this guy in the bed is not happy. And who would be? I would he just be, dragged him to hell. I would be so upset if I was covered in honestly what looks like sixth degree burns, if that even exists. Like it's this like, guy was charred. He is charred. I would be so devastated if I heard the nurse dunking on me. Now, and I I'm, I will say, I could see myself having a conversation with someone privately. Quietly. Like, quietly. I would never do it in front of him, though. I also probably wouldn't refer to the patient as like a freak. Oh, no, no, no. I would be like, this is the most horrible medical case I've ever had to deal with. Like, I would just be explaining it in that way. I wouldn't be like, this guy's a freak or whatever. <laughs> now we get a Chiron that says five years later. Um, it's kind of this little montage. Uh, Cropsy is leaving the hospital. So I guess he's been in the hospital for five years getting that, treated. That medical bill must be insane. <laughs> yeah. What insurance did he have? Um, we find out the skin grafts didn't work. It's kind of like this voiceover, like the skin copsy, you got to stop, like stop blaming those kids. The skin, skin grafts didn't work. Unfortunately, it's like this little montage of the doctors telling him things, things like you got to control your anger. Uh, and then he gets released out onto the streets. We see him walking in a city. But we don't ever see him. We see his yeah. point of view. Yes, we see his point of view. He's walking in a city. It's clearly like a red light district. Um, at some point, he meets a sex worker and he's following her up to her apartment. Look, the the, <laughs> the styling on this sex worker character, she's lived, this lady. Okay. <laughs> First of all, this lady looks like a lot of fun. Yes. And second of all, her blouse did not match her skirt. I don't mean color scheme wise. I mean that it looked like she was wearing a business skirt. Her acting performance was like straight out of a John Waters movie. I love this lady. Yeah. It was like, you know how John Waters always is like, and here's my neighbor in Baltimore. I'm going to have her have a role. And it's like, they're not a professional actress, but it's somehow the most brilliant thing ever. Yes. And it works. Yes. That's her. I loved her apartment. I, she has at some point she turns the light off because the guy doesn't want to be seen. And I was like, no, I was just looking at her decor because <laughs> it was wild. Um, so he turns the light off, much like Gino, 
he wants to keep his <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> she um is like, okay. Then we get a little lightning flash, mm. and I think that's where she finally sees him. And obviously, he has horrific burns. We still don't see him, though. No. And we won't until the end of the movie. But she sees him and starts screaming. Um, he kind of immediately... She tries to grab some scissors that are on her like little table with a, like some spools of threads. She's a little seamstress. seamstress. And he takes those scissors from her and stabs her. It's a pretty comical um, stab. But I will say the effects are great. Tom Savini, he's a legendary effects guy. I mean, they're they're good, but they're not very realistic. Well, it's 1981. <laughs> I will, I'm just saying it's comical to it, me. It, Yes, this film is very comical. I did laugh out. I did laugh out loud multiple times today watching. Because um, well, when the, the scissors go through her like stomach, and it is like really slow. Yeah, the way it plunges in, it's just very like it's it's. It, I like this kind of violence because it's not um, disturbing at all, and it's also my favorite kind of horror movie blood where it's like that bright red yes argento blood that looks neon it's really bright so they're struggling and he eventually pushes her up against the window we see the window crack um it's like literally shatters and there's fake blood everywhere um, so he's back. He's out of the hospital and he is looking for revenge. I don't know why this poor lady uh, had to take the fall. Yeah, what'd she do? She, she wasn't she didn't do the prank. She's just a working girl. Yeah. So now we are at Camp Stonewater. So <laughs> So this guy, we quickly learned, oh, this guy just hates all summer camps. Right. So we don't know quite yet why he's at a new camp. But but it's sort of like I, I was like, wait, a new camp? Did they change the name because of what happened? Like what happened? He does no. he does hate all summer camps, but one of the counselors at this camp is one of the boys. Yes. But we don't find out that till the end. So at Camp Stonewater, we get a nice little montage of teen girls, brawless. Some of them are wearing like little panties. They're playing like volleyball or whatever. They're playing softball. Is it so- oh, right, softball. I couldn't remember. <laughs> they is- were like jumping and bouncing around. Um, no, this this is a. Uh, we see a lot of bouncing titties in this scene, and, right? And they're wearing like swimsuits and tank tops without bras. It's but like, it's like very nipply. It's very nipply, natural uh, boobies from the early 80s. Right. We see Jason Alexander and his hair. He plays a character named... What's his character's name? Dave. Dave. Um, And he's horny. He's talking to another guy. They're like, look at that ass. That's prime meat. One of the guys is Eddie. It's Eddie he's talking to, I think, in this one. Yes. And... Eddie's like, I'm going to go get some of that meat. And Jason's like, nah, no way. She's out of your league. And he goes right up to her and grabs her ass. These guys, this is um, way, this is like the consent, the I, people's understanding of consent in this movie <laughs> is very 1981. Yeah. Uh, none of this is acceptable behavior. And obviously in context or like in hindsight, you're like, ugh, and Harvey Weinstein created this story, of course. But sadly, uh, a lot of films were like this. Yeah, this is a this very is not common... Even, especially <laughs> slasher films, which I love slasher films. 
from this the 70s and 80s, especially like teen summer camp slasher films. And there's just like a lot of a lot of this stuff. This period in general, not just horror film, is about teens getting laid. Yeah. And guys really wanted to get laid in all of these movies. And the girls were basically defenseless against their advances. Like we were just talking about <laughs> meatballs. Yes. No, that is just such a genre uh, at this time. So we see a younger, she looks a little younger to me. Her name is Tiger. This lady's, this girl's mushroom cut is out of control. No, she's, she, they hit the ball into the woods and Tiger runs into the woods to get it. And this is a really long sequence of her looking for the ball. We see someone is clearly there with her from their point of view and it's kind of blurred like it's his vision is sort of like blurred on the edges. That's how we know we're in Cropsey's point of view is when there's that like Vaseline smudge around mm. the edges. So he's watching her look for the ball. At some point we get a glimpse of the shears and this was Cropsey's, uh, his thing. He threatened the kids with these sh- garden shears. It's his weapon of choice. So people are screaming at Tiger to just forget the ball they got another one. And just as he's approaching her with these shears, she finds the ball and runs out just in time. Her mushroom haircut bouncing along the <laughs> bounces way. All, bounces all back to the titties. Um, so we get a little sequence where we kind of get some exposition of who's who in this gang. We find out that this, I think we're at the mess hall now or like yeah. the dinner. Karen, we find out that Karen likes this guy named Eddie, who is the ass grabber. Um, Tiger is super annoying at the table. Everyone, yeah. Um, Michelle is like, oh, Tiger, stop that. Yeah, Tiger's like a little younger, and I think that's why they play her so annoying. Because yeah. like, she's a kid. We're all teens. We're having sex or thinking about it. Even though Tiger's like <laughs> smoking cigs. Yeah, she smokes cigs. Um, Karen is like, I like Eddie, but he scares me. Uh <laughs> So and Mich- Michelle's not helping. She's like, just, just hang out with him. Yeah. So we cut to um, all the girls are sleeping in their bunks. And the, the way they're sleeping is bizarre to me. Everyone's half hanging off the beds. <laughs> they all look super small. None of them are under their covers. It's just this like mishmash of limbs, the way the girls are sleeping. Yeah, it's super early in the morning. And one girl who we find out is named Sally gets up and goes to the shower. She's going to the shower in her um, big lips with a tongue coming out shirt on her t-shirt. So she's just wearing her sleeping t-shirt. It's like a (laughs) knockoff Rolling Stones. Yeah. Uh, And she's walking out to this shower that's literally like an open outdoor shower like there you go inside a little sort of privacy screen but on top it's completely open (laughs) yeah which is the last thing you would ever go in if you were a teen girl at a summer camp (laughs) like because it's like a communal shower that presumably both the boys and the girls use it does say girls but come on those boys are peeking over and we (laughs) we get that very soon yeah so she's in the shower um we the camera scrolls down and gives us a nice shot of her tits. She hears something and then the camera never leaves the tits no. at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and you're kind of at that point like please don't let this poor girl get 
murdered while she's naked in the shower. <laughs> like, um, so she keeps hearing something and, uh, eventually they, people hear her screaming. Um, Michelle, who is like, Michelle is like the ca- the lead, the counselor, like the camp, the girls counselor, I guess the yeah. head counselor. Yeah. And she's like, wake up. So she's waking up the girls when they hear Sally scream, they all run out and they, kind of pull out this guy named Alfred. He was the one in the shower, um, but he's kind of like playing innocent. They're like, we got Alfred and Eddie's like smiling. Yeah. Cause Alfred, the, the creaking that the creaking noise that Sally heard in the shower when she was being watched was Alfred, this real sweaty kid. He's always sweaty. This guy. He's really sweaty. Um, you know, Michelle is pissed because she feels like Todd, who is the male uh, or the the guy counselor, he's in. They're like the two le- like heads of yeah. each each side, right? And they're having a little conversation about what to do with Alfred because he's a peeping tom. Uh, yeah, and he he comes up with an excuse that he was just trying to scare her, Which, but it's like, yeah, you will. Yeah, <laughs> no one's de- not de- no one's denying that. Um, Michelle is like, he's a sexual pervert. You need to cut his balls off. Like, you know, theoretically. Um, so they hug and you're kind of like, is something going on between them? Yeah, they're in a relationship. Yeah, but they kind of keep it low key. It's really funny that like the subplot in this movie is about how Alfred is a peeping Tom. But it's like, what do you, it's unclear what they want you to think about him in a way. Because he's also misunderstood. Yeah. <laughs> he is a peeping Tom. Well, he, he also, does it all the time. He gets this sort of redemption arc at the end. Yes. Even though like the whole movie he's been spying on people. Yes. So um, we find out that Alfred is kind of bullied. He tells Todd that everyone picks on him. But no, no. <laughs> the, he says the reason he's a peeping Tom is because he's bullied. That's his excuse. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I do it because I'm bullied. Yeah. Um, and Todd's just kind of like, yeah, you know, five years ago, I was sent home from sleepaway camp too. Like, so you don't want that to happen. And that's the first hint we've kind of had that Todd was maybe a part of that gang that burned Cropsy. But he doesn't really go into it. We move on. We see, we also find out that one person in particular is bullying Alfred and his name is Glazer. Ugh, Glazer is amazing. <laughs> so we get a little shot of Tiger smoking cigarettes. All the girls are having a little kiki in the cabin. Yeah. And I noticed one of the girls is blow drying her hair. She has that great 80s hair dryer, like the powder blue little Ooh. compact hair dryer. Yes. I love those. You would bring it to camp. Yeah. So we meet Glazer. Um, I don't know if he's supposed to be hot. He's trouble. He's definitely trouble. He's wearing jeans with no shirt. No, he's not wearing no shirt. He's wearing like a, a muscle shirt. Oh, he has a muscle shirt on? But he often has no shirt though. He, yeah. He, um, he's like, he's supposed to be like this big beefy boy. And he's very, um, he has like a very thick New York accent. Yes. Like even more than Jason Alexander somehow. He's like, hey. Yeah, he's like, they're really trying to make him like he's in the Thunderbirds, you know, like in Greece. Yeah. (laughs) He's like a real tough guy. And he's like a little bit of a meathead. And he's somehow even sweatier than Alfred. He looks creepy too. Yeah. Like Glazer. Glazer's Glazer's another very pushy guy in this movie. And he, he's like, 
he starts immediately beating up on Alfred because he heard about him spying on Sally in the shower. And Glazer likes Sally. And he's like, you stay away from my girl. You understand that? Why are you staring, you fucking weirdo? Yeah. So Todd comes in and kind of breaks them up. Um, next, we're kind of by the swimming hole. Uh, we see all the girls on this little floating... Um, whatever those floating decks that they have at camp where you're kind of out in the water and you're on this floating deck. Um, the boys come to go swimming as well. They're like, hi girls. Um, we also find out that Alfred can't swim. So we know what's going to happen. Glacier is going to push him in the lake. Uh, and that happens. And people are like, he can't swim. <laughs> uh, Glacier, of course, immediately jumps into the water and swims to the girls and they love him. All the girls are like, ooh. That's why I'm saying he's supposed to be like this beefcakey guy, but he's just looks like a fucking caveman. <laughs> he's not beefcakey at all, but it's like he clearly is supposed to be the beefcake, and it's just always disconcerting. You're like, wait, the girls like him? No. Um, he's got a really bad personality, too. Oh, yeah. So, which would only make sense if he was super hot. Yeah. Um, so Jason Alexander has a plan to kind of humiliate Glacer, right? He's friends. He's like in the gang with Eddie, Woodstock, um, and Alfred. They're kind of like a little group of guys who are friends and maybe the little outcasty guys who aren't cool like Glacer, <laughs> even though Glacer isn't cool. And he's going to shoot Glacer with this, um, what is that? What it's is It's like it? a pellet gun. Yeah. So... They're going to shoot Glacier in the ass with it. Uh, he's on the deck with the girls trying to be a big man on the deck. And they shoot him right in the ass. And he's like, ah! And everyone fucking loses it. It is very comical. It is very funny. Fisher Stevens, pal, right in the ass. He gets hit hard in the ass. He's yelling at them from across the water. They all turn around and moon him. As if this isn't enough, one of the girls gets up. And pushes Glazer in the um, lake or whatever it is. And that's just the the final straw of his humiliation. Everyone loves it. That evening in the boys' bunk room, Jason Alexander brings the boys playboys. One guy wanted a hustler. He calls this guy the world champion jerk-off champ. Um, he also, he seems like he's getting stu- stuff for all the boys that are sex-related, right? Yeah. Um. He, Glacer starts making fun of all the pervs because he's like, well, maybe you guys should try the real thing because he gets rubbers. No, with uh, he wants rubbers with lube. Glazer's like one of those insane people that thinks jerking off is like not masculine. Yes, he's like he's an anti masturbator, and but he's also not having sex. He's not having sex, <laughs> and, and when we see him fuck later, he's oh, obvious. Man. He's obviously terrible at it. Um, but he want, he wants condoms. He's like, I'm doing the real thing. Yeah. And Jason Alexander gets him unlubricated cond- condoms. And he's like, what the fuck is this? It's like make her wet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so at this point, we see someone approaching the cabin. And then Alfred sees a person in the window and literally freaks out because it's really scary. But no one believes him. Yeah. And he'll bring this up later. Now we're back in the mess hall where they're all eating dinner. Um, we kind of, is this where we find out about they're going to some stupid like 
Okay. Canoe? Their canoe trip is insane. And we yeah. have, we we're gonna talk about this in a <laughs> yeah. soon. But yeah, bas- so basically, um we find out that the campers have an overnight trip at a different campsite. Right. Planned. So this this scene gets cut in between with another scene. So we get some pervy talk from Glacer with Sally. He's like, I'll, I'm going to invite you on my canoe ride, uh, stuff like that. He, um, Jason Alexander is like, Does, do, girls, do the girls need any spermicide <laughs> for the trip? He's got it all. <laughs> and then I maybe you can clear this up for me. Fisher Stevens has to go back to the cabin for vitamin E. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> Th- this was a great scene because because Fisher Stevens is like talking about how he's really into vitamin E, and one of the other guys is like, you know, that stuff doesn't work. That's a you're you're not into all that stuff, are you? Okay, I did hear all of that, and I still was unclear. So I, was, I thought I missed something, this, but no, this was it. This must have. This must be referring to some uh, cultural thing from 1981 that neither of us were around okay. for. Well, I was like, "Is it to jerk off with?" But why does he need that at dinner? Like, I was so confused. No, he took like a capsule. Maybe, yeah. maybe he thinks it makes his dick grow big. Who knows? Um, so we cut back and forth with him going back to the cabin for his vitamin E, and some other guy who I guess is like the head of the camp, telling them about their canoe trip to a place called Devil's Creek. Um, so Woodstock is in, we see Woodstock in his um, cabin going through his suitcase looking for his vitamin uh, E pill, pill. And we hear someone in the cabin. The, the thing about the burning is that for like the first half of this movie, there's so much, like Cropsey does so much lurking but no killing. And then when he starts killing, it's just like nonstop. Yeah, because there's a lot of scares where we think it's Cropsey, right? Well, it is Cropsey. Well, not in this scene. Well, no, not in this scene. But there's a lot of like synthy lurking. Yes. Yes, but there are several scares where we think it's going to happen and it's just, an, it's like a someone else comes into the room. Yeah. Uh, that kind of thing. Like he, Alfred. It was Alfred at the shower. It was like, uh, and here it's Todd coming in, checking on him. Yeah, Todd's scares, but for like one moment you think that, you think that Fisher Stevens is about to get killed. Yeah, because he's walking alone back to his cabin. And we That's hear, a classic kill. And we hear that synth music. Let's take a break before we get to this canoe trip. Okay. We'll be right back. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings with big cash back at hundreds of stores. Don't miss headliners like Canon, Fenty Beauty, and Dyson. I can't wait to shop for all of my summer fashion and beauty needs, and we'll definitely be checking out Ulta and Adidas. 
Rakuten really is the best way to shop. You can really save by stacking cash back on top of other deals. And during Big Give Week, the cash back is bigger than ever. It's the time to shop for everything you need for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Membership is free, and it's all happening May 6th to May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost on top of Big Give Week cashback rates. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Rakuten is the shopping platform to save while shopping. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money, and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. So the next day we're out on the canoe trip. And I loved this scene because of the banjo music. Yeah. They're all huffing and puffing, rowing these canoes. This is like a pack <laughs> of like 10 canoes. Yeah. This is crazy. Have and you, everyone's like exhausted too. But, well, okay. I just, I have a lot of questions about this summer camp. Basically these kids, like how many kids, this is like 25 kids. More? I don't know, but not all of them go on the canoe trip, right? No, not everyone at the camp, but like a lot of kids and there's like 10 canoes and they're all going to this different campsite. I don't know why this... isolated. I don't know why this is crazy to me. Well, they're like (laughs) barely able to even fucking paddle. Jason Alexander is like, I told you not to beat your schlong all night. You drained your energy. Desi, one of the canoes actually sinks. <laughs> and did you notice that? Did no, you see that? I didn't one see that. One of the canoes sinks in this scene and it's just like, ah, ha, ha. This is my nightmare <laughs> situa- situation. So after that, we cut to that night. They're all sitting around a campfire and we hear a campfire, scary campfire story. And it's about Blackfoot camp. And how it all burned down. It, we hear about the evil caretaker, Cropsy, that he was a drunk and a sadist, and he had his garden shears that he would use to sca- um, scare the kids. The kids eventually went after him, especially one kid who was from Brooklyn. And that is true, because in the opening scene, one of the kids is like, I'm sick of this shit. <laughs> We're going to get Cropsy and take him down. And he is from Brooklyn or something. We hear about the prank. We hear about him being trapped and being burned alive. And we hear about him 
um, saying that he will return and he will have his revenge. Uh, then it gets deeper. They say that he has survived somehow in the woods. The body was never found. He's no longer human. He survives on like the wild and eats things. He's watching, waiting, uh, et cetera, and things get really quiet when someone with a knife and a mask pops out. Now, did you mention that Todd was telling this story? Oh, yeah. Todd is telling the story. Todd's telling the story. And I got to say, Todd is acting his ass off. It's a pretty good um, little story. Like, it's a scary story to hear. He's doing a very good job emoting as he tells this story. He's pausing in all the right places. Mm -hmm. So we get a, a pretty good little jump scare here because suddenly... Um, a creepy guy in a mask pops out. And we see like a knife first as yeah. an audience. So we don't even know what the hell is happening. Uh, but no, it's a person in a mask. It's fucking Eddie, um, who we met earlier in the movie. But everyone's really scared at first. Yeah, everyone's scared because it, it was at that moment of very tense where he's ending the story and it's very quiet. Everyone's listening. And then all of a sudden, just at the right moment, Eddie comes out. And then, then everyone laughs and they're like, Eddie. Yeah. Eddie's, Eddie's a little shit. He's a little shit, but Karen is into him and she decides that she will go on a walk with Eddie in the pitch black night forest. Maybe it's because they're all teenagers, yeah. but it is unreal that these girls are like into any of these guys at because this camp. I think what happens, remember when you were a teen and you went somewhere and you're like, which one is yours? You had to yes. pick one and yes. sometimes you'd get the worst one. Ugh. And just so like... She, so she, <laughs> so she's paired up with Eddie who, who just, yeah. he gets progressively worse throughout the movie. Yeah. So they're going on a walk and he's like talking about where he lives. He's like, yeah, they just filled you know those guys they fill bags with dog shit and light them on people's front steps like that's his little charming um intro talk she they finally get deeper into the forest and karen is just so conflicted she's like i just don't want to be another statistic meaning (laughs) i guess a teen sex or teen pregnancy statistic she's very scared about losing her virginity and becoming a statistic but eddie just wants to do it he doesn't care about Karen. He wants to do it. And and they're going to go skinny dipping. Yeah, they get to a little watering hole. And he's like, let's take a swim. And she's like, I don't have my swimsuit. And he's like, relax. Get on in. He jumps in. And she immediately on a dime just takes all her clothes off. She has insane tan lines, by the way, that well, you can even see in the dark. Because well, her, her, her like cover yeah. areas are so blindingly white. Well... <laughs> Well, because she was the one playing softball right. in that bikini. That's right. So she's got these crazy tan lines, and she jumps into the water with him, and they start making out, and immediately we get the scary synth music. Someone's watching them, uh, and he's trying to you know, make out with her in the lake, and of course he gets a little too fucking handsy with her and she's pulling back and he gets mad he's like get the fuck out of my face yeah he does. get the fuck out of my face that is such an insane reaction he's like first he's like come on come on let's do it and she's like no eddie no eddie and then finally she's like oh get, get off me eddie because he won't get off and he's yeah. like, get the fuck out of my face that's when you're like, that was, I made a great call, but not the, fucking this guy. <laughs> but the funny thing is, is that he just keeps swimming in the lake. Yeah. He doesn't even leave. He's just like, I'm going to do some laps. <laughs> he like goes on his, does that thing where you go on your back and yeah. spit the water out. <laughs> like, it's just like, he's just, just swimming around in the lake. She gets out 
And when she gets on shore, her fucking clothes are gone. And she's like, oh, no, where are my clothes? Where am I? I'm completely naked. Uh, And she's kind of like, come on, guys, like thinking people came and took her clothes like other campers. But she starts walking completely. Well, first she puts her wet feet in shoes, which literally skeeves me out. Just that feeling when you put your feet, bare feet, into like sneakers that are soaking wet. Do you know that? Have you ever yeah, done that before? I do. It's so awful. So she puts her shoes on, but she's completely naked. And then she starts finding pieces of her clothing in the sort of bramble of the trees. I loved the synth during this part. Yeah. Because the synth like hit each time we saw a new piece of her clothing. Right. So she's like getting these pieces of clothing and putting them on as she walks as Rachel mentioned, Eddie's still fucking swimming around in the fucking watering hole. And she gets sheared. Yeah. Cropsy she- comes out with the shears. We get a really dramatic entry. Like the shears are always lit really well mm. and up about to stab when we see them. And that's what happens to her. And then we just cut to Eddie waking up in the morning. People waking Eddie up in the morning going, where's Karen? Uh, she never came back. And he's like indignant about it. He's like, what do I know? She, she, I told her to get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> and like Michelle is grilling him. She's furious at Eddie. She's like, where the fuck is she, Eddie? You were, with, you were the last person with her. Yeah. And then what's even crazier is like we had had a scene in the cafeteria like earlier in the movie where Michelle was telling, was talking to Karen about like going with, like being with Eddie at this overnight canoe trip and Karen was telling her like well the soup the camp supervisor said that if things got too hot and heavy like the supervisor knows she's like gonna fuck Eddie there if you're feeling uncomfortable about losing your virginity always come back to camp so Michelle entertains this idea she's like well maybe Karen just took a canoe back to camp like she in the middle of the night by herself like she would by herself take one of the canoes and go back that's crazy. No, that would never have happened. But that leads us to finding out that all of the canoes <laughs> are missing. Why? Are- <laughs> all of the canoes are gone. And even then they're like, well, maybe she got her canoe and accidentally undid all the other ones. It's like, that's not what happened. Um, I mean, this is so stupid. Because I would believe that these idiots would accidentally like not tie the canoes up. I was already like imagining like me being in this situation and so fucking irritated. (laughs) Like the canoes are gone. I'm fucking walking back. I didn't even want a canoe here in the first place. No, I'm pissed. So they're going to build a raft (laughs) and everyone starts looking for wood. This is like their Gilligan's Island raft. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It's like, I know how to do it. I don't know where they found all this twine from. Are these like perfect planks of wood? They have all these perfect logs and planks of woods and they're constructing this like the whole all the campers they're constructing this huge fucking raft they even constructed little paddles which were like sticks with other sticks tied on the on the ends of them like a little fan shape which is like the worst type of paddle because you can't you have to have it solid because the water goes through it yeah it's really dumb um but glazer is super horny during this wood finding mission and he literally is dry humping Sally against like a rock when they're supposed to be looking for wood. It's so dry humpy. It's just like, you don't see that often on film. Um, And Alfred is of course watching them dry hump. So then they pick up a group of people who are going to go on the raft and go back to the camp, the main camp to get people to come back and help them or get back. 
Yes. They're going for help. They're going for help. But like literally like seven people are going on this raft, which is crazy because it's like, why not just do two or three? They like pile tons of campers and like young (laughs) campers on this raft. It's just crazy. Including one girl who's wearing a shirt that says Foxy in gold (laughs) lettering. Okay. I want that shirt. Did you miss that? Yeah. Um, Foxy is such a word of that era that I absolutely love. Same. Because that's just so, I don't know, I love it. So Woodstock, Fisher Stevens is on it. And he's making fun of the paddles. He's like, you call this a paddle? This is is an egg beater. It's sad. It's very sad. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, I just wanted to point out that Fisher Stevens is also wearing an incredible top in this scene. What is it? It's a baby blue seven. It's like a sky blue very 70s long sleeve shirt with the collar and it has yellow and white stripes on the oh, on right. the on the yoke. Yes. I just thought his There's a lot of cute fashions in this. Yeah, something I forgot to mention up top is like the costuming in this film is stellar. Yeah. There's a lot of great looks. Um so they're sadly paddling and up ahead, we see one of the canoes that went missing. And they're like whooping it up. They're so excited to see this canoe. Why? I have no idea. But they start paddling toward the canoe uh, and we get closer and closer. Now, in my mind, I'm thinking uh, they're going to find Karen. Like her in body. The canoe. Yeah. But no, we get closer and closer. A very dramatic cut to a dark image of a man holding shears above his head and it comes right down on Woodstock. He's stabbed. He gets his fucking fingers cut off. That was incredible. That was my favorite part in the movie. Same. It's like such a good kill. And then he gets stabbed in the um, throat. This guy, this guy kills the whole fucking raft. He kills the (laughs) crops. He kills the entire raft. (laughs) He, the girl with the foxy shirt on, he takes the shears and he just slices through her head and it's like leaves this big gash. There's like six people on this raft, five, six. maybe five or six. And he literally kills them all within seconds. Seconds. <laughs> just one, like not one of them jumped in the water to run away, swim away or something like. Or not one of them like tackled him. Or. I mean, not obviously pointing out like that could never happen in these movies is stupid, but how did they not see him in the canoe? (laughs) This is a really big guy in a black coat and the canoe is not very deep. Like, no, it's just crazy Uh, because he literally pops out and just fucking starts killing. He honestly comes out of nowhere. Like I thought he, I mean, I didn't, we didn't see like anything. This is also the first person to ever stand in a canoe and not tip over and he's active Canoes tip over very easily. Yeah. That's why I won't go in them. Because they tip over? Well, I know that I'm going to tip it over <laughs> somehow. Like, I'm going to try to get a fucking sandwich yeah. on the other side or yeah. something. And the like, whole, whole He thing. stood up and killed five people, and not once did this canoe even wobble. It didn't even wobble. That's crazy. Uh, the whole raft, <laughs> the whole raft is just slaughtered, um, including Eddie, though. So that's good. He gets the shears through his neck. That's right. Uh, and then one girl, we just see her arm and the blood is just leaking down her arm into the water. And we're like, oh, shit, that's terrible. Everyone's <laughs> dead. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, this that's is not bad. Good. This is not good. It was not just Alfred staring for once. 
So, um, yeah. Now, Mich- now we get a little scene with Michelle and Todd. They're just sort of talking about what they're going to do. Um, we get more of an indication that they are a couple. It's kind of hard to tell because it's like, it's kind of you think so, but they're clearly trying to keep it under wraps. Um, and then we, Glacer and Sally have gone off. They're going to fuck finally. She, that dry humping worked on the rock. Yeah. She got really horny and Glazer's looking for a place for them to spread their sleeping bag down so they could fuck in the woods. Yeah. And no sooner they, they spread it down than we hear Sally grunting. Uh, <laughs> she glazers on top of her, uh, trying to get it in. She's grunting and moaning. They're in the sleeping bag. We finally get a shot of his back, little back pumping really fast. It looks terrible. And he very quickly comes. He comes in like 20 seconds and she's visibly disappointed. She's like, that's it? No, she's also really rude. (laughs) She's also super rude about it. She's like, wow, so much, you know, you could have at least done some foreplay. Yeah, she's like... She's disappointed. Yeah. This is her first time, and it, and he had, he's all talk. He, he didn't do anything. Yeah, he didn't do jack shit. But eventually, she kind of softens. Um, she gets all snugly, like they're gonna try again. And he's like, "Really?" And then all of a sudden, Glacier's <laughs> like a little boy again. Yeah, he's like, "Really? You're gonna try again?" But first, he's got to go back to the campsite to get some matches because he thinks he's gonna build a campfire in this. This is like a recipe for a forest fire. Glacier doesn't know how to make a f- safe forest fire. Like a campfire. campfire. He, knows, he how to- knows how to make a safe forest fire. <laughs> um, yeah, he's going to start a little fire and they're going to get all snugly and warm in their sleeping bag and maybe try again. Uh, see if he can go four minutes this time. Mm. Um, so she just stays naked in the sleeping bag when he goes. I probably would have been like, I'll go with you. <laughs> I'm not staying out here in a sleeping bag naked by myself. Yeah. Um, but she does. And we see... What's crazy is that everyone sort of forgot about Karen by this point. Like, no one's really looking for Karen anymore. Yeah. I mean, I guess they really bought into the idea that she went back. <laughs> she took that one canoe Because they don't know yet about the raft, right? Yeah. So everyone's still kind of in limbo. But when they find out about the raft, it's really funny. Yeah. Uh, so she, she, we see the shears and poor little Sally is going to get sheared in her sleeping bag. Um, we don't see it happen, I don't think, but we see it about to happen. So we're back to um, Glacier. He's back at the campsite to find his matches. And who's, who's watching him? It's Alfred. He's behind a tree watching him uh, get these matches. This is crazy because Glazer picks up these matches at the campfire back at the campsite and starts walking away. And then Alfred just immediately stands up and starts following him. But he he's supposed to be like inconspicuous, but he's literally like two feet behind him. Yeah, he follows him back to the um, sleeping bag site. Like does he just, he just follows anyone. Yeah, it's he, really weird. He's like, I just want to peep. I kept thinking... Uh, that he would be somehow related to Cropsy. Like, you know how that twist will always happen in a movie? It's like he's actually also doing revenge for it's, his father, Cropsy, or something. Or it's Cropsy's nephew. Yeah. And he also hates these campers. Yes. So 
Glacer comes up to the sleeping bag. Um, Sally's sort of deep inside the sleeping bag. He starts to uncover her, pull it down from her face. We never really see what happened to her, like where she got stabbed, because by the time he pulls her it down, he gets stabbed in the throat with the shears. Right through the throat. Right through the throat. Alfred is watching. (laughs) Alfred is watching and doesn't even peep. He's just like, he makes the face of a scream. And he watches before he runs. He doesn't do anything. Yeah. So he runs back to camp and he's like, Todd, Todd, Glazer's dead. No, he doesn't. He doesn't say Glazer's dead. Oh, I say Glazer's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Alfred is like, might be the world's worst person at communicating information. He goes back to the camp and he gets Todd and he's like, Todd, the guy, the guy. There's a guy. The guy at the window. The he guy brings at back the, the, window, guy the window. Which is like, Todd wasn't even there for the window, so he doesn't even know what the fuck you're talking about. The guy, the guy from the window, he got Glazer. He With got, a burned face. He's just like listing all these details that are completely inconsequential to like what, like he, does, he doesn't just say to him like, some guy just killed Glazer. Right. And Todd's like, Alfred, shut the fuck up. It's like, but you know about Cropsy. You're not a little concerned. But he, but that's, how, <laughs> I'm saying that's how bad of a job that yeah, Alfred was doing. That's true. Um, so they're walking together back to though, back to where Glazer was killed and um, Todd gets slashed. Okay. Todd gets slashed in like the most weenie way. He gets like a paper cut on his forehead what cropsy was not trying very hard i think what's crazy about cropsy is that presumably todd is his main guy that he wants to get but when he has the opportunity to actually murder todd he just like lightly slashes him on the forehead right it makes no sense and then it's like alfred runs off and it's almost like his priority is getting alfred (laughs) Right? Because yeah. he leaves Todd to go after Alfred. I bet Cropsy's motives changed halfway through the movie. He's like, you know what? The real villain here is Alfred, this peeping <laughs> Tom. This guy's a sicko. He needs to accept accountability for I'm, his actions. I want to make this little weenie run through the woods. Right. So we we find out that Todd is alive because like Rachel said, it is a very minor slash that he gets. Um, he just kind of like, we get this shot of him on the ground and he's just sort of laying there, like realizing he's alive, even though he's like barely injured. Yeah. And he goes back to the camp and at this point, everyone noticed that's, that the raft is floating back towards the shore. And everyone on the shore is like, what's the raft doing here? What's, it's the raft. Michelle whips off her, um, swim cover. She's got her little one piece on and she's going to swim out to the raft. <laughs> and to see, see what's up. Because they also think like, are they pranking us? Like the raft back. I mean, is it is that just how it is at sleepaway camp? You're always like, it could be a prank. <laughs> Those happen literally 30 times a day. You can't trust anything. Like Yeah, even in a situation where we're like uh stranded at this weird campsite. Right. Um, no, Michelle swims out to the raft and then she notices like something's wrong. Like I mean, it's pretty clear from the shore that like I would not. I was like, you're fucking crazy if you think I would swim out to the raft. To see, I was like, I'll wait for it to fucking float over. There's obviously no one on that raft. There's yeah. clearly no one on the raft or no one alive on that raft. Well, yeah. All you see is kind of like there's like fabric. Like kind you of. see something like 
but it's like, yeah, it's very unclear. Um, so she gets over there and yeah, it's she grabs onto an arm. <laughs> There's an arm that literally comes off yeah, and falls back into the water with her. And it has like the bone that's sticking out of it. Yeah. It's a great, um, dead arm. Um, and then so she, are there dead bodies on the raft? Yes, because yeah. then Fisher Stevens' body... Right, his whole body falls off. And it falls onto her, and she's screaming as we see Fisher Stevens' dead face. I just feel like when you see the raft from far away, it's very flat. It doesn't look like bodies are on it. And then, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, the raft, I don't know. It's just weird. And then their screen goes really red. Everyone at the campsite is now like, we're all going to die. They're all crying. They're okay, just the crying shot. was really funny. <laughs> They're literally like, oh, oh. The, kids are, the, kids are, the kids are just like whimpering. They're whimpering at the, because... Because you know the director was like, okay, cry. And everyone was like, oh. <laughs> They're just sitting on the shore once they found out that everyone on the raft was slaughtered. And they're just... I actually do feel like I would be a great person in these situations because I would not allow for this stuff to happen. I'm like, let's go. Like, I think I would be in charge in this situation. No one seems motivated enough to leave this campsite. Well, it's like, it's just one guy. Let's walk out of here. Why we got to wait for the canoes? Like, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Why can't they walk somewhere? Well, because Todd said, it's like miles of thick forest. Well, we, we got to get those canoes. That's what <laughs> that's he said. That's our only option. That's what he said. We got to get those canoes. Miles. Um, so now we're we're back to Alfred. Um, he's kind of by these rocks, these like high sort of rocky area. And uh, we see him sort of hiding by these rocks. And above him is Cropsy holding his shears. Now at this point, Cropsy only wants to murder Alfred. Now, and here's the, the thing. Obviously, he has the beef with Todd. Yeah. This only makes sense that he's like luring Alfred to, in hopes that Todd comes to help him if he didn't have the opportunity to kill him earlier <laughs> when he perf- he could have killed him easily. Yeah. So I, now they're acting like he's trying to lure Todd in to help Alfred, but he already had an opportunity to kill him. I think he wanted to kill Todd in a more special way. Oh, right. You're right. Uh, that's right. I forgot about that aspect. So... Alfred is running. Todd is looking for Alfred. He's got a big old sweat stain down the front of his peach <laughs> shirt, his peach colored shirt. He is this guy, this actor, whoever played Alfred, like he must have been winded by the end of this shoot day. I mean, he's just running. We just see constantly. like shots of him, extended shots of this kid running through he the forest. He's really sweaty with like a gray pallor. Yeah, he uh, looks not like very shit. healthy. Um, so. And he ends the, up in like some ruins. I was what like, are these ruins? I, was like, I, I literally put ancient ruins. Yeah, too. why? Is, I was like ancient ruins, but not really that ancient. No, like, they, they look like from fifty years ago. I think it's like a mine shaft. Okay, but it's definitely okay. weird. First, but first, it just looks like ruins. Yeah. First, no, it's weird because they're in like a to- like a um, maze almost. <laughs> it's like, like a maze of concrete. And then in the middle of the woods, I would have liked to know more about the history of what the hell this was. Yeah. It's like a maze of concrete in the woods. And then suddenly Alfred ends up in a fucking mine shaft. Yeah. And we see those little carts like from Indiana they have, Jones. They have the little, the the little carts, carts on the on the like um, tracks. Yeah. That always come down on you at an, an opportunity to an opportunistic moment. Um, 
Meanwhile, Michelle is rafting back to get help. So she got, she pushed all those dead bodies off. She pushed all the dead bodies off the raft and now she's piled the remaining kids onto the raft and they're like sobbing as they're on this raft. They're all sobbing. I wrote, shut up, tiger. Oh, because tiger is like, I don't want to. Yeah, she doesn't want to paddle. They're all paddling and she's like, I'm tired. It's like, shut up. We're going to die. So Michelle, <laughs> Michelle, Michelle makes it back. Uh, she goes up to the camp leader guy. He's like the only adult at this entire. Yeah. He's like the only adult at this entire camp. And he's like, sees, he sees this ra- fucking makeshift raft pull up. He doesn't even blink. All these kids who look dirty and, and really like under an extreme amount of duress. And Michelle is like panting and covered in dirt and sweat. And she's running up to this supervisor, the one adult at the whole camp. And she's like, oh my God, help us, help us. And he's like, what's going on? What are you doing? Stop playing games. Yeah. She's like, there's a killer out there. And he's like, nah. And she's like, look at the kids. Yeah, he, look- he like looks at them all whimpering. And he's like, oh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like that that was, the, that was the thing that was like, I'm like guess you're right they're so pathetic it has to be true like they wouldn't be crying about like just having to paddle hard um he doesn't even ask like whether where those canoes were expensive michelle yeah what happened to our canoes canoes? i want this fucking raft (laughs) then they get in a motorboat was like why didn't they take that in the first place her and the counselor in a motorboat going back to the island desi the camp has the camp shelled out a few thousand bucks for one motorboat they have one motorboat at the camp yeah. So we also find out that the police are coming. They're going to meet them there. With helicopters. I guess they're going to... Uh, oh, right. So they have to be in helicopters because they can't go through those miles of forest. We see Alfred. He's still hiding. And then we see a hand come out and grab him by the throat. Um, and we see Todd. He's coming with a hatchet. Yeah. He, he got a little hatchet. Where did he axe. find this? Maybe. I guess it's a mine shaft. I guess maybe it was lying around. <laughs> I guess they would have. Yeah, I mean, did he use that to build the raft? Oh, maybe. So, um, Cropsey kind of ties um, Alfred up, and he he puts the shears and on his arm to like hold his arm onto the ancient ruins. So the, the it's like a wood. It's like a wood wall. The shears are kind of like a zip tie. They're pinning him to the wall. Yeah, but it's not cutting him. So. He's Todd's walking around with the axe. This is where we see him. This is a great scene. This it's is tense. this is a very well done suspenseful moment in this movie where Todd is walking through this dark mine shaft with the axe. It's very moody. It's very effective. It's very dark. It's but- very dark. We don't know where Cropsey is at this point. And suddenly we see that Cropsey has a blowtorch. But first, a wagon rolls down on a track and oh, almost hits Todd. I'm sorry, I forgot about the wa- <laughs> I forgot about the mineshaft. The mineshaft wagon rolls down, and we also see Karen. Oh yeah, Karen's in there. We see Karen's there. dead body. She's in the mineshaft, and then we get the. It's, it's like a fire. It's like a blow. It's not a blowtorch. It's like a um. Like the blowtorch is the little thing. It's not little though. It's huge. It's like a fire gun. It's a fire gun. I know it has a name, but I can't think of it. It's like this big tank and it has a hose. Yeah, where the fire is just like shooting out. It's like, uh, it's huge. It's huge. And 
Cropsy's just lurking around the mine shaft, pumping fire out of this thing. So now we get some flash. We literally get flashbacks of the opening scene cut with this fire um, guy. And it's the scene of Cropsy, the kids planning the attack on Cropsy. And just in case we didn't get it yet, they're like, are you in? Yeah, I'm in. What about you, Todd? So we get Todd's name. Yeah, well, first they go through like every single kid's name. It takes forever, honestly. No, they go through the whole fucking thing almost. They go through the whole, they're like, there's like five kids. They're like, what about you, Billy? What about you, Stanley? And then finally it's like, and you, Todd. And then it flashes to Todd in the present time after that. Yeah. So at some point the fire stops and we hear Alfred yelling and this is where we finally see Cropsy. And he has like a pig face. He's got a pig face, but it's also like um, he looks like Marlon Brando in the island of Dr. Moreau. <laughs> also kind of has the vibe of the guy from the Goonies. Yeah, he kind of looks like a uh, sloth a little bit. Yeah. It's like an amalgamation of several different scary guys. Yes. But it's also severely burned. He kind of looks like yeah. the hills have eyes. Because too. it looks like it's like it looks like skin that has clearly been burned but grown back in that kind of tough exterior, you know? The, these doctors didn't even try. They didn't even yeah, I don't fucking know what they try. Did. I don't put five years. He was there for five years and he looks like this. I have no idea what they didn't happened. even try. But you know what? That hospital did not look very professional no. to me. <laughs> I'm just saying. So what happens next? Alfred eventually pulls those shears out that are holding him down. And he, just as, pig face, just as Cropsy pig is face. approaching, um, that's what I wrote, just as Cropsy <laughs> is is approaching Todd to kill him, Alfred stabs him with the shears. Through the back. Through the back. This is where that incredible organ-esque synth music, it's very old school haunted, like it's old school horror movie sounding to me. But a modern twist on it because it's very synthesized, but I loved it. We hear the helicopters coming um, and they're just, Alfred and Todd are just walking back through the ancient ruins. Um, They're still in the mine shaft. They're still in the mine shaft. They're walking back together. It's that moment in a horror movie where they're like, well, everything's settled now. We killed the monster or whatever. And we know that that's not going to happen. It's a jump scare. This was a great jump scare. He's back. Those shears didn't stop him. Uh, does he have the hatchet? He's he, got something. But before he can attack Todd, Alfred gets the blowtorch gun thing and burns him to death finally. So he finally burns. And then they leave. They leave the mine shaft. Now it's finally done. And we cut to... The closing scene of the movie, it is another counselor unrelated to ones we've known so far. He is at the same kind of campfire telling a very scary story about Cropsy. And it's the exact same story, words that Todd used when he told his story mid-movie or whatever. Great ending. Yeah. Great ending. I honestly like, if this was like a higher quality movie... I feel like they would have incorporated that urban legend aspect even more somehow. Like maybe, what do you mean? I just, I like the idea that we don't know if it's real or an urban legend in a way. 
Like in a movie, I feel like this, we would have heard the urban legend and then we would later see the flashback scene about what really went down or something. Oh, oh, Do you know okay. what I'm saying? Okay. Like, so we would like, it's real. It wasn't an urban legend. Oh, kind right. Of thing. Like that's also like a, an episode of Criminal Minds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or it sounds like it would be. Yeah. Where it would be revealed like, oh my God. God, he really does have a father who was burned alive. Right. Or you find out some sick secret yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, no, but I really do like the burning. I think it's I think it's a classic of the genre. Now, isn't there a movie called Cropsy? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. That was like a documentary or something. Yeah, this this movie, this Cropsy is like unrelated to yes. the, the Staten Island Cropsy urban legend. But it's interesting because that's such a specific name. name yeah. Right? I guess they just borrowed the name. Oh. But we don't know for sure if there's any um, connection. I don't really know enough about uh, that documentary. Yeah. I don't know too much about the Cropsy story, but I'm almost positive that this is just like a, they just borrowed the name. So I just wanted to say one more thing um, about this movie that I read on the urban, I'm sorry, not urban dictionary what the hell wiki dictionary uh, wikipedia oh um you mentioned earlier this was harvey weinstein's first movie or one of his first movies was yeah. it his first movie this is the movie that like launched miramax now i read on wikipedia this is it didn't come out then but it came out obviously when all the shit hit the fan about him oh you have it i have the article pulled up oh okay you're gonna read it Go, you go ahead. No, I mean, read the article. Okay, so obviously we all know that in 2017, Harvey Weinstein shit hit the fan when it was revealed to the general public that Harvey Weinstein had been a serial rapist of several people in the industry, countless people for a long time. Right, famous and un- not famous. Yeah, like famous all over and the not place. famous. Uh, all of details of all of his despicable acts had come to light. One story that came to light around that same time. Oh, the Buffalo News—they want to uh, make me pay for this article. Oh no! Buffalo woman tells of 1980 encounter with Harvey Weinstein. Basically. This woman, fine, I'll have to read this from Wikipedia. Well, basically, she was some kind of um, assistant or production assistant on this movie, and she had to go visit Harvey Weinstein at his hotel room in order to get checks signed or something along those lines. Yes, she was a former production assistant. Her name is Paula Wachowiak, and she was 24 years old at the time. So she shows up at his hotel room, and it's this very familiar story we have heard about Harvey Weinstein, where he opens it in his bathrobe, naked underneath. He's in a towel. Oh, he's in a towel? Yeah. Yeah. And assaulted her. And basically, um, well, he, 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 he was like pushing her. He, he basically, he dropped the towel. Yeah. And then asked for a massage. This is from Wikipedia. When she refused, she alleges that Weinstein harassed her about the incident through the rest of the film's production up until the film's May 1981 premiere. Yeah. So very similar behavior to what we learned back in 2017 about this guy. Right. So it's like he has always been this way. 
Yeah. Like, I mean, this not is, that that's a shock, but it's like, sometimes you can't think, oh, did he become really powerful and start doing this shit? It's like, no, no, this he is, did this from his first film. Yes. This and is, probably before that. Right. This is a, a long history of behavior from him. I mean, what a disgusting human being. Yeah. Truly. Uh, truly gross. Truly and gross. it's so great that he got put away. Anyway, but but but, but I other do than that the movie is great. But, <laughs> but I do li- I do like the burning. I was kind of blown away when I saw when because I, I was reading the Wikipedia after I watched it, and I was blown away that that kind of incident was happening on the set of this movie from nineteen eight, like filmed in nineteen eighty, probably. Yes, it's crazy. Yeah, because uh, like, it was shocking. Because like you said, like I mean, he just this guy's always. This guy's always been like that. And it that. just got w- worse and worse the more power he got. It's like yeah. the last person you want having any power is someone like this guy. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. awful. But yeah, I I liked the movie. I had not seen the movie. I, I thought maybe I had because there's so many movies that are sort of similar. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely hadn't. And I liked it. I wondered if that guy, Alfred, that actor was in other things. He looked very familiar to me. Yeah, I don't know. He did look familiar to me as well, but it is pretty wild that three huge actors are in this film. Who was Holly Hunter? I completely forgot to look for her. She's literally just a camper with bangs. In like one of the she, scenes with a ton of people. Yeah, she doesn't even have any lines. Okay. It was one of those things where I was like, oh, I wanna, who's Holly Hunter? And then after I watched the movie, I was like, wait, I never saw Holly Hunter. So I was like, she must have been a really small part. Yeah, she didn't um, have any lines. Anyway. But it's a fun movie. Um, we will be back next week with some more summer horror movies. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Bye.